Hey, how's it going? It's me, Isaac, your podcast host. I'm back. We're back. If you kept up with me this long, thank you for supporting the podcast. And if you're new, welcome. I would love your feedback. Tell all your friends. I'm trying to make this podcast a better experience for you, and I'm trying to make it sound better. And little by little, we'll get there. But thank you for coming along on the ride. Moving on, welcome to This Undefined, the podcast that aims to break down the social context of what you've heard and what you believe. From health, culture, business, and beyond, no topic is left off the table. So tune in as we try to make sense of how we define our perspective and the people who have an opinion about it. In the next few episodes, we're diving into health. In this series, I interview different people in the medical field, so we get to hear how different healthcare professionals define this topic and how their experience allows them to make meaningful decisions for themselves and the people around them. This is Endocrinologist Undefined with guest Dr. Rafael Valera. Thank you for being on and taking the time to do this little interview with us. Happy to be here. Um, So tell us a little bit about you. Who are you? Who am I? I'm Raphael Valera. (laughs) Um, I am a mom and a wife and a sister and a daughter. Uh, And I'm an endocrinologist, a physician uh, here in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I've been an endocrinologist, uh, ooh, let's see, Anthony is 25, so 26 years mm. uh, in practice. Okay. Or, or no, there's more, but I don't know how much you want me to tell you. Well, uh, well okay, I, how about this? So what was your first ex- like medical experience that gave you the inspiration to go into what you do now? Oh. So my father's a physician. So he uh, he is 90 years old and no longer practicing, but he was an orthopedic surgeon. I was always very uh, affected by what what he did. Uh, I could see as a, as a, I can't I don't even remember my youngest memories, my oldest memories uh, of him. But always as a little girl, he'd be coming home at night, late at night from the office, uh, um, he would be, and we knew that he was going to see his patients. Oftentimes he wouldn't be there in the evenings, on the weekends, you know, he'd be going to the hospital. But uh, it, whatever I could tell he was doing, it was very important because he, he was taking care of patients. And that was all-consuming to him. Not all-consuming, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, he has his family, and we all enjoyed things together. But but it took up so much of his time, and I could see he was very, very, very committed to it. It was his life's work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could tell that, you know, as a child. And, and, and he'd include us. He'd include me. Wh- whoever was interested, I guess I was the one that was interested. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd, he'd put up an x-ray, and he'd say, what do you, what do you see here? What can you tell? You know, what, what is this? And when do you see a problem? And I say, well, yeah, that's the that's the leg bone, and or and uh, and it looks like there's a break there. So mm-hmm. so I was interested in what he did, but I knew at a young age that I wanted medicine was something that I wanted to do because that was important, mm-hmm. and you could do good things. I do remember as a child thinking, oh, I want to be a pilot, or I want to be. Uh, I do remember wanting to be a pilot. I don't know when uh-huh. that went away, <laughs> but but somehow that just kind of developed into I'm going to be I'm going to be a doctor mm. and uh, that from there uh, there were other things I wanted to do as well but as far as what was my drive what was I working towards uh, it was uh, I'm sure early in elementary school you know, that mm. I, I, I knew I wanted to be something like my dad was but as far as professionally there was a certain uh, compassion for other people that drove me. Just didn't think there was anything more important than that. So being in a household that has health in mind, how did health look like as you grew up? Or is it just a part of your life that you just, it was just no, made it sense? It was actually kind of like, you know, uh, our health care was like, well, my dad could take care of it. You know, if we were sick, if we had an infection, why well, he'd send in the antibiotics. Or, you know, if we needed some kind of medical care, why well, we would go to one of his colleagues, if it was mm. a dermatologist or whatever it was. So it wasn't until, um, 
gosh, I think I was in medical school that I had healthcare for the first time because yeah. that was required uh, in going to medical school. So, yes, from 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 the perspective of a physician, we understood certainly all of us children understood that there was a commitment to taking care of patients and doing the best job that you could. How do you define health? How do I define health? I, I, I was thinking about that because you'd asked me that the mm-hmm. other day. And I thought that health is well-being, physical well-being, mental, emotional well-being, uh, but a maintenance of well-being. I think that's that's multifactorial. I think that if you're asking how was it in the old days, you know, how was it before? It was it was in a sense very patriarchal, I think. Um, you know, whatever your physician told you, you did. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's why we didn't go to the physician. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but there was also respect. There was a mm-hmm. respect for the physician as well. So anyway, so I think that now that I don't know. I think I, my 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 impression of health and and how to to attain it and how to sustain it hasn't really changed, but it has evolved. How's that? How so? Well, I think that there's a you know an appreciation of how complex you know medicine is and yeah. health is, and it's not just okay. You take this antibiotic and you're good, mm-hmm. or you take this medication and you're done. But it really is an process of of staying healthy and it's not just one thing it's many different things um, in the in the medical field uh, if you have cancer why you need the involvement of multiple specialties to, to get your mm-hmm. your optimal care you need you need the oncologist and if it's a if it's an endocrine tumor why you need the endocrinologist and mm-hmm. the radiologist and the pathologist and so there's an integrated approach to optimizing the evaluation and, and treatment because it's so complex mm-hmm. not one person can know it all yeah. and so you have to understand the diversity and, and how to access it and, and how to communicate because mm-hmm. uh, you have to act as a team yeah. you know you have to act as a team in my office where I give care I, I it's not just the physician but it's my my medical assistant and it's the mm-hmm. front staff and it's the back staff and it's the it's and, and we all need to to work together to, to provide the best care for the patient yeah. uh, and and that takes communication I remember having conversations with you about how you pay attention to every person who works in your office and make sure that they're okay because you, like you said it's a collaborative environment. Yeah. Talk a little bit about how you sort of created that culture within your office from front desk to you. How was that journey for you in creating that? Mm. I think it just boils down to like any relationship. It's a relationship of mutual trust and respect. You know, every person comes from someplace and has their experiences. And, and, you know, if you're having a conversation or if you're trying to have a task or achieve a goal together, understanding or having an appreciation that person has different experiences that we have to provide the best service. And I guess I, I know we all learn this in life to some degree, I think, if you want to get along with anybody in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but And the more experiences you have, I think the better you, you understand that. But um, yeah, I, th- I think it's a it's a it's a matter of, of mutual respect. Um, Did that take time? I'm sure, right? In finding the right team or staff. Well, I think I think it takes a good listener and a good observer, because you come into a situation, you see how other people, what other people are doing, and how things are going wrong. Yeah. And you see how if someone's barking at somebody and telling them what to do, and then the other person, you watch how they respond, and if they don't do it or they do do it, and uh, if it doesn't work, why Why doesn't it work? Why there's a better way? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I observed a lot of that, of being told what to do, or, or and that happens in, the, you know, in medical training as well. Do this, do this, do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you have to do that. You know, sometimes it's, it is important for someone to tell you that, you know, to go and get that person's blood gas or get that do this order or whatever needs to be done at the time. But there are also times when you're trying to get someone to work with you, Mm. communication is important and finding how to want them to work with you 
And I think it doesn't take long for some, just to show a little respect to the other person, they'll show respect back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, maybe, and maybe also because I was in a position of authority, if I showed that respect to the other person, they welcomed that and wanted mm-hmm. to give it back. Yeah. Maybe it came easier for me, maybe for me than it did perhaps with office staff. Yeah. I'm not sure. How you describe the office and how, you, how that staff and that collaborative work um, happens was that something that you learned from your family and how you guys talked about health no no well and well actually yes i did learn not to do it that way oh uh, my dad was a tyrant but <laughs> the, the greatest guy in the world uh-huh. the nicest guy in the world he'll do anything for you he will give the shirt off his back but he was very demanding as a boss and he told you do this do this do this and this is unacceptable so it was like a different it was like a personality change so um i i I did not want to do it that way that Mm. that was not um constructive for Mm. me and so in a sense i i learned how not to do it that way okay from what you've seen throughout your career, what are the perceptions people have about health when they get to you? And how do you unpack that with them? Mm. That's a good question. So by the time they come to me, because I'm a specialist, mm. they've usually already seen somebody. They've seen another physician. Maybe they've seen another endocrinologist. And they're coming to me for questions about you know specific problems. Sometimes. Now, sometimes they just come for fatigue. I'm just trying to figure out, well, why are you tired? <laughs> um, um, but, but so usually they'll have some preconceived notions about, you know, their diabetes or their, their thyroid. And sometimes what I'll try to do is give them a different perspective and a different approach. And perhaps uh, what they were originally looking for uh, we're finding other answers or another way to think about the problem and how to solve it. A patient comes in with diabetes and they want uh, a certain kind of insulin. And then what we end up talking about is, well, what is metabolism? And how did we get here? And really we want less insulin and not more insulin. Uh, so, so oftentimes it's not what they were looking for and, and very different. But if you present it the right way and if you explain, then we can find a, a path to... Uh, solution. Break down what an endocrinologist is. So an endocrinologist, an endocrinology is the science or the study of glands and hormones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really is a, a, a pretty broad spectrum of problems. Uh, there are many different glands in the body. There's the thyroid and there's the pancreas and there's, there's but there, there's also metabolism. There's the pituitary gland, but there's also metabolism, uh, uh, cholesterol. So it, it's a wide, it's a broad spectrum of medical problems that really affects almost every part of the body. I was particularly drawn to metabolism. Uh, in undergraduate, I, I had a, a degree in nutrition, and I wanted to. I, I chose nutrition as my knowing I was going into medical school because it was, it was something practical. I knew I would need to know. In medical school, and yes, it was. It gave me practical understanding, a practical approach to medicine. So we've had this. We've had this conversation before, uh, and I always found it very interesting because um, I remember us talking about how sometimes you get people whose solutions is very simple, but you sort of have to talk to them about you know how how they can start within their lives to cha- make those changes. There, you see less of who you really really needs you, and more of people who. Have, could have made those changes prior to coming. Mm. I guess the question is, when someone comes to see you, what is the information they were given that led them to you? And are they well informed with what's going on with them? It varies. Okay. It varies from people who are, don't know anything at all and to people who are very in tune know exactly what they want. Why does that happen? Uh, from perhaps from a physician point of view and perhaps from a patient point of view. You know, do, they have, do they think it's really that necessary? The first thing that thing that comes to mind is a patient with diabetes, uh-huh. uh, as opposed to a patient with a 
thyroid imbalance, that, that's a pill, or a cancer, or a pituitary problem. There are certain diagnoses. But but with diabetes, um, diabetes is a problem where really the, the, it's uh, uh, it's not just a matter of taking a pill or taking a certain amount of insulin. It's, it's what the patient does with their diet, their physical activity, that impacts on their on their glucose metabolism. Their understanding of that, it, I have to guide them in doing that. I can't control that for them. Uh, I mean, a patient will usually come from a referring physician. Patients might research online. They might be already going to a personal trainer. They might have had a nutrition evaluation. Uh, so they might be able to, to, to master that or do very well with little other intervention. Then, then if they don't do as well, why? They might say, okay, you need to go to a diabetes educator and learn um, about the specifics of diet and carbohydrate counting. And there's more involvement there. Really, I'll be honest, almost everybody should have diabetes education who has diabetes, but mm-hmm. that doesn't get done. So you're right. So diabetes is a condition that if it's a simple, mm-hmm. if, it, if it's early stages and simply controlled, why? You might just take, you know, take this medication improve your diet, improve your physical activity, and then they might do very well with that. Again, so I guess it kind of depends on how well the patient does. Um, if, and if they achieve a certain goal of hemoglobin A1C in the right range, mm-hmm. which I think is a fallacy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so judging a patient's, an individual's health and, and how well they're doing based on a number, uh, I think is is not a good way to do that. I think our medical system is wrong in that regard, and there are studies that are showing that now um, because you can take extra medications and lower the hemoglobin A1C, but the patient is no healthier. They've actually gained weight because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there are problems with that, and, and our... our um, our medical system is is changing to to develop goals to meet certain marks of um, best practices, mm-hmm. um, and those best practices may not actually be best practices. It's just what people have judged them to be. Yeah, the model of how many patients you see in a day ends up becoming the, the benchmark for having a very successful practice, and a lot of people don't have that choice. How do you navigate through that? Yeah, that's really challenging. Uh, I was trained to do things a certain way, and I've had to change the way I do because it is. It take it takes time. And the other thing too is you have to understand their motivations, mm. you know, and what they want to achieve. I mean, of course, you know, you you have to. There's there's a global understanding, but but you have to understand where the what is going to motivate the patient to do better. I mean, I can easily take an hour talking to a patient and I have 15 minutes yeah. to get in and out and write the note and go on to the next patient. And I'm always behind. It's, it's been uh, interesting d- during COVID, actually, I've been able to hone in some of my skills um, and blame COVID a little bit for it. <laughs> yeah. uh, now that I've, I've invited patients to come back into the office, I'll let them know. I said, "Well, I've got to be very, I've got to be very brief and, and succinct because I've got patients are 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 waiting in the waiting room, and I've got to move them out." Uh, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, <laughs> I don't say it quite like that, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. they appreciate that there's a, a limited time, so to to respect the other patients and to move yeah. patients along. And so, what key factors do you think contributed to you being able to refine your your skill and being able to be present with somebody, have them participate in their health? and also give them the tools to help themselves. So so achievable goals, goals that were that they could do, they could relate to and that were achievable. Um, because most, by the, like you said, most people by the time they've come to see me, they've already done a lot of things. They've already mm-hmm. tried a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so I listen to things that they have tried and I say, okay, well, let's see what, let's see, make it even simpler. Yeah. And if they, if they can actually do those things and they can see results, very simple results, mm-hmm. very quickly, then we build on that. Some of those things sound like I can go to my primary healthcare doctor and then ask these questions before I even get to you. It's, it's true because the, 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 your regular medical doctor will ask you uh-huh. about um, stomach problems, GI. We'll ask you about uh-huh. hot and cold and the thyroid and ask you about headaches and uh-huh. ask you about... So that the generalist can handle many of these things mm-hmm. if there's a problem if they and it but other times it's beyond their expertise and that's when they they or they they they're not the patient isn't getting to their goals despite their best efforts because to make those bigger changes i don't think a lot of people especially if they get to you are ready to know how that looks like because they would want maybe a medication or they just want like 
uh, surgery or whatever that means. Right. right. So, so okay, so let's talk about diabetes for a second. Okay. So, so we talked about the core, and that's diet and physical activity. So mm-hmm. we, we always talk about it. But then there's all the medications. Yeah. You know, and so so most patients are not, by the time they come to me, they've already tried some form of diet and, ex- and exercise, maybe or maybe not, and some kind of medication. They've required medications, and then they're not succeeding. So mm. so then I what I have to do is, yeah, I've got to cover the diet, the diet and exercise, <laughs> but then I also have to figure out well, what is what are the appropriate medications to 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 optimize their metabolism, and there are many of them. Mm-hmm. And they're complex, and you have to understand the the the, the possible yes. side effects, and da da da. Uh, and if you know, and then more even more complex is insulin. And if they need insulin, well, how much insulin? What type? And do they need an insulin pump? And then how much insulin at what time? And and, and to what degree? And what do they do with exercise? And how do they adjust? So, so the 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 base, the very basic, is diet and exercise. That's mm-hmm. every that's everybody with that. Yeah. But then you have to individualize and figure out. Then what do they need? Do, mm-hmm. do they need a change in this medication or that? Is it a dose? Is it take it get rid of this and you have to do these, or that's that's very complex. Got it. Okay, so the very, very basic is everybody gets diet and exercise. Yeah. And then in addition to that, what do they need? And that's where, you know, the, the, the medical knowledge uh, comes in. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That... Does, does that make more sense? <laughs> yeah. 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 But we, you and I, we talk a lot about diet and exercise. Yeah. But, 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 but my, my expertise comes yes. from the medical knowledge of all the therapies, etc. But also understanding how critical it is, mm-hmm. you know, the very basics is, and to incorporate that yes. and make sure you don't lose sight of that mm-hmm. when you're using these uh, very sophisticated medications and therapies. There's this movement in questioning science now, questioning fact, mm-hmm. uh, but people bring their own ex- like experiences and beliefs into that. Like say someone comes in and they're like, oh, I I well, and so I should be fine. I did everything you do, you told me to do, or I exercise, or I do these things, and and so their belief that they're actually making these changes is not equating to what's the result they're expecting. Yes, yes, I, I yeah, and I actually I have a patient actually, and and his mother that I that that um, that couldn't understand that. Mm. Um, so uh, yes, that happens sometimes. Um, that you do, they do everything they think they're supposed to, and 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 yet the blood sugars are still too high, and then what that means is it's not just. Then that's where the science comes in. That means why it's not happening this way because this is what we this is what we understand why this is not happening this way, mm-hmm. and in order to improve this, why these are our options with this medication or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that works this way. Um, but it can be difficult because some people don't want to believe that. Some people don't want to believe that despite their best efforts that uh, it's it's still not achievable, mm-hmm. uh, that they need a medication or they, you know, uh, or medication would help them. Mm-hmm. Um, or they don't want to take that risk to take that medication. And, and we've talked about this before, I think, that, that when I... When I talk to a patient about changing their diet, mm-hmm. uh, that that is the most difficult thing I can ask them to do m- many yeah. times because their their diet is what they grew up with, they were born with, you know, they they've, they've been doing this their whole life, and here I am coming in and telling them to change. <laughs> you know, they're much more apt to, to to take a pill or a needle or 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 have a surgery. You know, more that's going to be easier for them for them to sometimes change their diet. Yeah. And change their way of life and their way of thinking and I'm depriving them of of doing of doing things or things that they like. And and that's some of the things I always say is, you know, no, I don't think it is that you're being deprived that you can't eat this. Think of this as as look at all the things that you can eat. Look at all the things that you can do. Don't think of things that you can't do, because otherwise you're just going to be mad. Mm-hmm. You're going to be pissed off, yeah. uh, and you're not going to do it. You know. But it, but if you can make it more positive, say these are the things I can do, and I enjoy doing these, and I enjoy eating these things. Look at all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much more agreeable and doable than uh, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Why is that so difficult to help people 
flip that mindset? I think it's how you approach the question. and how okay, you, yeah, Because again, it, it really is, what do they want? What are you trying to achieve? What do you want to do? Do you want to, do you want to lose weight? Well, I'd say the only way you're going to be able to lose weight is if you improve your diet and you improve your physical activity. Mm-hmm. There's no, and, and then I bring in the science. There is no weight loss program in the world that has been proven to date that is, that is, that will, you will lose weight, weight and keep it off unless you improve your diet and your physical activity. End of story. Show me something that else that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, aside from weight loss surgery, which has its own problems, uh, but but to date, and I've been looking for it, you know, ever since I was in undergraduate, I'm looking at metabolism and what works, yeah. and and the whole world, uh, pharmaceutical industry is looking for a pill that will help you lose weight yeah. and keep it off. They still haven't found it, mm-hmm. you know, right. and it's so much cheaper and easier. To just improve your diet and your physical activity. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's it's, what. It's, it's so it really is very simple. Yeah. If you could just communicate this and find what works for that individual, mm-hmm. and that takes time. It yeah. takes listening and well, why? What have you tried? What aren't you doing? How about this? Mm-hmm. But if you're just give us told do this, do this, do this, do this. You know, yeah. go lose weight. You you have to lose ten pounds. You have to lose twenty pounds. Then you can have this surgery or whatever. Mm. How do you do that? That's hard to yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. How people look at that is, it all depends on them. Like we can phrase a question a different way, which mm. is probably our best option because mm. then people are like, oh yeah, I didn't see it that way. Mm. But it is kind of the the missing piece in people getting it. Uh, yeah. And and sticking to it. Yeah. When I go in to see a patient, and I, it's funny because I think I think they teach this now, and I thought, wow, doesn't everybody do this? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, so when I go into a see, I've already looked at their. Unless I'm seeing them for the first time, mm-hmm. and I I already know what they're coming for. If it's thyroid, I have their labs. I have, but so I know what they're coming in for. I think uh, sometimes it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always say, you know, how can I help you? You know, let's say it's a patient who has complicated diabetes and now they're seeing me. I say, how can I help you? They've already, they've already done things. And they have kind of, like you say, ideas about how, uh, you know, what they're looking for. And some say, you know, my, my blood sugars are terrible and I don't know what to do. I say, okay. Mm-hmm. And then we break it down, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but sometimes, you know, so I want to know where they're coming from so I can direct their their the the approach okay yeah because the the so i've asked you for like referrals and you've given me always given me a list of options and i've Mm. always looked them up and like Mm. okay so i'm Mm. participating in Mm -hmm. my health to try to pick the right one Mm -hmm. um and every one that you've given me has had that like i feel like they're Mm. listening to what i'm actually saying Mm. how do you as a professional helps someone get to a very comfortable place to be able to tell you everything because i'm sure not everyone tells you they omit certain parts of of their health mm-hmm. wow you can't know everything yeah uh, so uh but but so you have to hone in and that's that's part of the skill too is honing in in a certain amount of time you got to yeah. be very efficient and so uh and we usually cover the appropriate areas um and then, and then, and then, ultimately, after you've had the, you know, your discussion, I always ask, well, you know, is there what questions or concerns do you have, and what have we not hit, and and what what are we missing? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that there are, if there are things that weren't addressed, that I totally missed the boat, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that that you know that they are not. The pa- and the patient is feels satisfied mm-hmm. that they've been heard yeah. and they, their questions have been answered to the best as I could, yeah. or that I'll find the answers if I don't have them, then I'll yeah. try and find them. You'll find, yeah, because I'm like I'm telling you everything because I want to make sure <laughs> that you have the right information. Um, so, what would be questions you would want someone to ask you? I think that you know, in in, in the conversation, mm-hmm. I, we, it, it's not just me, you know telling time, time, time just talking oh, no. it, it's a conversation back and forth so I think that usually we're able to you know come across most of the questions and answers oftentimes the patient says no you know you 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 ask all the questions you've covered everything or mm-hmm. whatever um, or other times they'll have a list you know oh you know they'll go down their list that they'll that they'll actually have written um, and that's fine too. But then I also leave it open. You know, if you remember things afterwards, you're going to, or I say, you're going to remember things afterwards. I like, don't, I should have asked this. We can address it afterwards. 
From your experience, what do you notice people get wrong about making health changes? Um, well, you, oftentimes it's it's diet and and misconceptions about diet. A lot of fad diets. Mm-hmm. They think they're improving their health because the the goal is the goal is uh, to lose weight, and so they'll do whatever they have to to lose weight. And so they try all these different things um, that are not um, you know uh, studied or helpful. Um, a lot of people do use a lot of supplements that have not been proven to be neither safe nor effective, and they cost a lot of money. So there's a lot of problems out there in the in the industry, um, completely unregulated. So that's a real pet peeve of mine. Mm. I would, I'd say that those are the, the main. I mean, someone's really trying to help themselves is is misconceptions, misunderstandings about what really what is healthy. Exercise. They'll do. Uh, you know. All they'll do is, you know, muscle strengthening. Well, they're not doing any aerobic. Hmm. Uh, they'll do all aerobic. They're not doing any muscle strengthening. Uh, I'm not an expert. Um, I just I just know what you taught me. Uh, <laughs> so, but but um, so misconceptions thing. I, I'm doing everything. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to, and they're just they don't have enough information. It, it kind of makes me think about people who uh, use the internet for all their information. And they think they know everything because they can find it on the internet. And it's really, well, the internet's not complete or, or you really can't know everything from the internet. Yeah. And a lot of it's a lot of misinformation. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, <laughs> so in leaning from that, we'll switch gears a little bit. Systematically, what is the disconnect between individual health and societal health? And maybe applicable solutions that you've thought about and think would be great so an individual who has good health physical mental emotional they'll be the best at what they can be whatever that might be if it's a if it's a painter or a, you know or a teacher or who or whatever they're whatever they do they'll be their best if they have their best health and hopefully <laughs> as we as we do better and listen. And I think, you know, these skills about, you know, mutual respect, they can take those skills to their next relationship uh, with whoever they have at the gas station or in their family or whatever. Having having a respectful relationship with the doctor or the patient perhaps sp- broadens that those relationships. And then again, even more broadly as a society. Yeah, well, like an example would be what we're going through now, right? Mm. So when you talk to somebody, uh, it's important what they do for themselves, right? In, mm. in terms of their health. But then how, what, how, that, how they take that and go, whether it's uh, just within their family, like a bigger group mm-hmm. of, of individuals, there's two conversations that are being had, which is one, what you can do, and then two, what we can all do. And coming into an agreement with that is more difficult or I don't know. I don't, well, I it think could it's be the difficult. Same. I think it's the same, actually. Yeah, because even on a small one-on-one scale, it's a pretty big responsibility to take care of yourself, and it's there's a lot of moving factors to that. Yeah. Um, but then if you also zoom out into what we're living through now, yeah, it's also difficult to try to navigate everyone to agree. I mean, it was difficult to get everyone to agree to mask or get to. Yeah. But there, but there are political reasons for that, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that yeah. again, and I, I think I can bring it down simple again. Yeah. Mutual respect. Yeah. Mutual respect and 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 understanding and and trust. If you respect someone, then you can trust them. It's, a, it's I think it's a basic relationship because again, I mean, the question about the mask is a very a very very unfortunate thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the science is clear. You know, if we go back five hundred years, we know that masks work. Uh, you know the very basic ways to prevent disease spread, uh, and and it and it you know the forces in our society now and the politics and such has been has been very very terrible uh, mm-hmm. and damaging. But but I think that it, it comes down to simple. You're right. It's very that that where we are right now and and the and the and uh, fear. Mm-hmm. There's fear. There's overwhelming stress. And I think that, and and for for many different reasons, and, ne- and all this negativity. Um, but if we can break it down to, you know, what are the things that we can do? What are the things, the positive things? What are real? What's not real? Mm-hmm. We can break it down into simple things. Um, 
Why hasn't, because uh, I mean, you, even just with uh, everything you said, it, it comes down to an educational component on teaching people about these things. Because you can say, yes, there's a lot of political kind of guidance with that, but there is, especially a lot now, the educational aspect is not broken down very well in, in terms of what that means. Like, it's still very politicized, right? But I don't think really people understand what number, what those numbers mean, what uh, the process of the science and how that contributes to why it do, things do help. Yeah. Instead, there is this movement into having more black and white answers, which is get the vaccine or get a mask. But the, the simple solutions that you always talk about with your patients, I haven't seen a lot of that coming from our news or even just the people we go see to get this information because it's not, I guess, digestible for someone, right? He, yes, but there's also different urgencies right now. How can we navigate through that? Because yeah. I really feel like the simple things like diet and exercise wasn't as talked about as much or like really given the the major importance of what you can actively do. Yeah. Instead, we've we've gone to like more societal things we can do, masks, vaccines. OK, things like so that. so so you need to do them all, really. I uh -huh. mean, and so I think that, you know, your diet, your physical activity, everybody has to do that. Yeah, you have to do that every day for you to be your best. And I think that just is that that's for for uh, aside from covid. Mm -hmm. uh, but now the question of covid and we take yes. a look at the science, and, and it's, it, it has been very difficult to navigate because, like you say, people are black and white. They want answers now. They want answers yesterday yeah. that we didn't have. I mean, from the very beginning, this has been a learning process all the way through. Mm -hmm. when, when the pandemic first started, I, I was getting on. There was so much we didn't know. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what do we do? And, and how do we stay safe? And how do we still take care of patients? How do we take care of ourselves? I was looking for as much good inform good information as where mm -hmm. I, where I could. I was going to listening to my friend, the infectious disease virologist, and mm -hmm. what what does he know? Well, he didn't know a lot, but he knew this. Mm -hmm. And every week it was changing. And yeah. what did we know at at the hospital? And what was the was the hospital system finding? And how many infections? And and what do we see work? And what do we see not work? So it was, you know, I think that people don't understand. We don't have all the answers. Yeah. And this is it's an it is an ongoing process of learning. We didn't. What we know now is very different than what we knew back then, and and it's still changing. And that's what medicine is too. Yeah. We're constantly changing. We're constantly evolving. We have to keep up. Mm -hmm. But there are certain things that we have learned that are very basic, yeah. just like diet and physical activity are very basic to to infection and, and keeping from spreading the infection and and, and conquering this is masks. Yeah. And that's without. I mean, you can't. You know, it's not like no. You have to wear the masks. Okay, to prevent the spread of it, and you and you have to have a good diet and physical activity to stay strong. You have to have both. Mm -hmm. It's not a question. Okay, I'm going to do this and do this, but not do this, or I'm going to do this and not do. Uh, uh. You, you, for you to have the best outcomes from what we know right now, that has borne out through this uh, 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 pandemic, you need both. It's not like I'll do this and I'll be fine. No, you got to do this too. And and what we know about the vaccines, we know the vaccines. We need those too, because we can't just wear masks and wait this, let this thing you know, take its course because there'll be too many deaths in this world mm -hmm. if we don't have the vaccine. So mm -hmm. it's it's not just the vaccine or the mask or diet and physical activity. I'm, I'm just, and then of course there's yes. good sleep and all the other yeah. things that we need as well. Yeah. But, but we need all these approaches because we are all under so much stress and to handle all of these things. And we can if we take uh, address all those mm -hmm. things. And do you feel like uh, it's the job of, of the health provider to be able to deliver that information to their patients that way? I, I think that when when we encounter the patient, yes. Yeah. But unfortunately, yeah. the healthcare provider won't be able to be the one providing that information because we can't 
we can't cover all of that. So it needs to be where my approach is was wherever we can. Yeah. And 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 there needs to be and unfortunately and again and a lot of this is because of the society that we are right now and the doubting, doubting, doubting people Mm -hmm. and the the doubt is because we don't trust. And why don't we trust? Well, it's because we've had these terrible relationships in the past. So, so we have it's building trust of and, and understanding is going to be core to society broadening or improving broadly, uh, I believe. But, but for example, you know, every patient that comes into my office, I ask, you know, what they think about the vaccine, mm-hmm. and and what they don't understand, I teach them. I try to, and if they understand, if they understand it better. I don't know if I'm going to change their if it's going to influence their decision or not. But if 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 they decide to take well they'll spread that information to their family and their friends and so mm-hmm. if I can make, be a part that can spread 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 I'll do what I can mm-hmm. takes a lot of time yeah. I have 15 minutes <laughs> I take care of all the other problems too uh, yeah but exactly. I'm gonna do it because it's so important right now yeah so it's 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 a real challenge so yeah. so is it, it is it is it is it my responsibility at to educate everybody, I can't. I know I can't. I have yeah. to. If I if I if I do that, well, I'm not going to take care of just. One, I'm not only going to take care of one patient a day, mm-hmm. uh, and so many other people have problems. But I'm going to do it wherever I can. Wherever yeah. I can, I will. But we need a a broader per, a broader umbrella to mm-hmm. a broader approach to to handle society or to approach society and figure out where are the pockets that are. Neglected. Where are the pockets that don't understand, yeah. and how do we improve those? And yeah. I, I think there's an effort, a broad effort, to identify those because it's widely understood that a lot of people don't understand, mm-hmm. and and how do we help improve that understanding and trust? Yeah, it, it it wouldn't have happened three months ago. <laughs> no, <laughs> it didn't didn't happen a year ago. Yeah. It's happening now. Yeah, I think that's a good thing of kind of what we've gone through, where it's it's made people aware of their own health and asked themselves that question a little bit. People are paying attention now, whether it's in not the best way or the best way. It's sort of people, having those conversations. Now. People are having more of those conversations. And it's interesting when we talk about COVID because there was a shutdown a year ago. Yeah, exactly. Why we 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 shut down our offices? Patients couldn't come in, and and so we went to virtual. And that was really, really, uh, I was really grateful for that because I couldn't connect to my patients in any other way. And many of them were in big trouble. And and a lot, most everybody was under a lot of stress and there was a lot of unknown. And I I would spend half the visit just talking about that and trying to understand, you know, where are you and how are you doing? And and these are ways that we can do better. We don't have the answers yet, but but we're going to, go towards those answers. And so it's been a process, you know, over the last year of understanding because a lot of health problems were largely related to stress. I, I still had to take care of their thyroid and their diabetes and their pituitary and their adrenal problems, but but I couldn't do any of those things unless the patient was cognizant and if they were engaged. And if they were not engaged because of all the stress involved, we weren't going to get anywhere. So, and that's, again, just eyes on each other. You know, you can't do that on the telephone very well. Yeah. So a virtual visit, you know, there's a, there's a lot to be, that can be done with just seeing the other person mm-hmm. and connecting. And how are you? And how are you doing now when it's yeah. so difficult? And, and what can we do today? Yeah. Little things. I can drink more water. <laughs> yeah. I can go to bed a little earlier. Yeah. I can get outside and walk. Yeah. If you could choose one thing people would understand about what you do, what would it be? Mm. What people? <laughs> <laughs> Patients, at hospital administrators. <laughs> I mean, if I, if it, 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 the relationship I have with a patient is different than a relationship I have with a hospital administrator. Okay, yes. If, okay, if, so let's talk about that. Yeah. Okay. So, so your relationships, how do those... Uh, okay, so, so if a patient knew how much effort I put into their care and addressing their needs and how much time it takes, you know, answering emails, you know, so, so if they, if they understood the dynamics and the intensity of the, of the problem solving, I wish they would know that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And the other one? Hospital administrator? Yeah. If, If they, if, if, if they, if they also understood the the complexity 
of the demands um, and, and, and how much effort and time and how many, how many things are required of us. Everything that's, every, every more, everything added to us takes us away from what we need mm -hmm. to do. And yeah. so if we, the, the distractions, if we could just concentrate on taking care of patients and as opposed to all the other things that they, that is required or, or then, then we could do a better job doing that. Hmm. How does, um, how do you advocate for that when medicine sort of becomes a business in that way? Yeah. Cause I feel like you do a very good job in doing that and delivering that information both towards your patients and then up the administration. Yeah. You have to build, again, you have to build relationships yeah. and you have to build the, 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 uh, because everybody has their job to do, yeah. you know, if, if the administration, uh, D develops a process, an efficient process that is economical uh, and and cost saving. Fine tune that. If they know how to do that, then I need to I need to communicate. You know how to not overload us so that we don't quit our jobs. So it's it's a it's a it's a communication process and it's a trust process if all I do is complain 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 well they're gonna stop listening to me mm. but if I show them what I will do and what I can do for them for you know in order, or for the patient and and I will do my best to do that then I then that 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 gives them an understanding and an appreciation for me and that's what trust builds and they when they do something for us when they do something for me and for our practice and for the patients and they show real care and understanding, why they can, it's a mutual relationship that grows there. It's not a you scratch my back, I scratch your back thing, but no. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's the common goal is, is the patient, meaning that we all grow together. Yeah. There's a respect. Respect. Yeah. Uh, what are some wins there by having those relationships in that way? Like, what have you noticed uh, has changed? Because I remember uh, when I went to go see my doctor that you uh, referred me to, you're like, answer the questionnaire, right? You're like, we want to know how your visit was, the experience and everything. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. But we even then talked about those types of questions and uh, refining those questions and having better questions. Yeah, we, we, we've seen positive mm -hmm. effects from that. We, we we have support and it's not just a matter of marks you know good marks on yeah. the on the questionnaires uh, mm -hmm. the surveys mm -hmm. um, but but showing that you're a team member and that you're engaged mm -hmm. and you're involved and and that you are you don't have to come up with the answers every time but that you support the process and, and will also you know point out negatives and saying saying what doesn't work and saying sometimes you know if you don't do this then this won't work and we have to find another answer mm -hmm. or else yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a question that i really like because i feel like people need to do this and remember this is why is it important to maintain yearly checkups because things happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah because a lot of people don't and it's also important to maintain your relationship with your physician you know, so when something does come up that, you know, out of the blue, that, that you have that relationship that you can fall back on, well, this wasn't the way it was before, or this was the way, you know, it was, and you didn't, you know, so, 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 so baseline is important and then following up. Now, when you have, when you have more medical problems and you're on medications mm. that need to be monitored and this and that, or you need to see the progress of whatever. So I, I deal, so much of what I deal with are chronic disorders. Mm. Uh, it's not you're not one and done. You don't have a surgery and then you're done. You never see that doctor again. But but these are chronic disorders that that it it, it takes uh, uh, you know follow up and evaluation and and refining and keeping up and oh and there are, there are new therapies for this and and this is new and and that's part of the physician's job is to say what's new in the world of diabetes. Well, there's this new pump or there's this new continuous glucose monitoring system and now they communicate and so so it's our job to keep up to date. Uh, keep patients up to date to keep the best care. What do you think is something the medical world needs to be better on or improve upon? Oh my gosh, so many things. <laughs> <laughs> what about in your field, maybe? Um, well, let, no, let's start globally. Okay. Um, you know, in this country, uh, you know, having affordable health care. Mm. 
it's a very basic need and uh, uh, developing a process where there are so many forces in play that uh, that certain parties prosper from the very high cost of medicine and that which detracts from even the basic care medical care of individuals mm-hmm. and um, there's there are, are, are huge inequities huge inequities they've they've uh, they, they've always been inequities and now they are hugely worse because of it, the more money that there is to be made in whatever in medicine, why the more it's going to be abused, mm-hmm. and it's hugely abused now uh, to the detriment of people who need quality care, mm-hmm. uh, let alone physicians who are trying to provide it, and and have find it very difficult to do that. Um, so so there are very lucrative aspects of medical care, and then there are very which make make it very difficult to provide good health care to all. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to do that. Mm-hmm. So that that's that stabs me in the heart all the time. I think that's the most basic thing. Yeah. What I think that we should do in healthcare is find a way to take better care of patients. Take better care, not giving care, but take better care of patients in the sense that the medical system is trying to find efficiencies, efficient care, which is not necessarily good care. Mm-hmm. Do things fast, 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 fast. Well, good care t- takes time. There's, there's not ways to take time to take care of patients, uh, and that the system is like this. Your medical student uh, mm-hmm. interviewee uh, mm-hmm. noted that it's number of patients seen that that improve, you know, that drive the engine, and that's not necessarily good quality care. So finding the balance. To give good quality care and still survive is 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 a challenge, mm-hmm. and so finding ways to allow physicians to take good care of patients would be a very good thing to do. It's good for us to be efficient. I found if it more ways to be efficient, but I I can't take care of patients the way I'd like to and still take care of myself. Mm-hmm. The only way I can do that is to to cut down on the patients that I see, and then at some point it'll it won't be. It won't be balanced. Hmm. How did you develop the skills to maintain that resilience and optimism towards the medical field and healthcare? Because because uh, a growing passion of mine is is taking care of those people. Because mm-hmm. uh, even when we met, like I'm happy that you're taking the time to work out. That we talk about those things. And with the amount of people that you see, and when we talk about what you're doing in your life to help make sure that you're there for your patients and your work and your family and all these different things. I can't believe you find the time. Mm. <laughs> and I feel such a passion for the healthcare professionals being able to find that self-care. And mm. and it breaks my heart sometimes because it is hard. If it's hard for a regular person mm-hmm. and a patient to come in and you're telling them very simple things that are have, are complicated, but you know, if we just take the time to breathe, look at it how it is, we could find a solution little by little. I can't imagine how it is for the person who's giving that information, having to do that for themselves and the amount of work that you get and still show up and be hopeful for it. It's just like, oh, <laughs> so how do you how do you get to that other than time and, 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 and trying to find balance? Like what is those ap- applicable things that you've you haven't maybe even thought of that mm-hmm. are like that actually does contribute to it? Mm-hmm. Because you can say people can say balance or you know, taking the time, but that's easy to say, but I'm sure there are even smaller things that we probably don't realize that actually contribute to those, those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, I think that, that a, a basic principle is that, yeah, you know, you can't take care of anybody else unless you take care of yourself yeah. first. Now, having said that, we don't do that. We overdo it, and then and that, you know, as physicians, you're trained. You go into the as a physician, you go into the field because you want to help people. You want to take care of people. Yeah. You have compassion for people. You, and 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 you know how to solve their problem. You know how to solve solve certain problems, or you know they you know you can help them, mm-hmm. in certain ways. You have certain skills. You're trained, and you're trained to do certain things. You know, if someone's having an MI or coding, you're trained to go in there and you know what you do. You know, there's there's a certain process. 
And so you go into a mode. But yeah, I mean, I've, have to, I've had to learn for myself. Mm-hmm. It was good that I actually had some, some skills of my own to begin with. Mm-hmm. you know, to build on. I, I, I know what a good diet is because that was my nutrition, yeah. you know, and I come from a family of excellent cooks. And so we know how to make good food and I know how to make good quality food. So that was a, a good base for me. Um, physical activity has always been something that I've enjoyed and have n- found and learned how important it is to, to stay strong and fit so that I can be my best. And then there's the again there's the sleep. So these components that I have to do for my these are things I teach I teach my patients. Yeah. You know we're, we're talking about how much water do you drink today, how many glasses of water do you get in today, are you sleeping? You know the, the, so so I what I do for myself I do for I I I, mm-hmm. I and I share that with them. Yeah. So that's real. I say well this is what I do. You know mm-hmm. uh, I don't have time. So I I said I take 15 or sometimes it's only five minutes in the morning that I do my exercises before I have to get going because I'm running late or. So I, I share what works for me. I think that makes it real for them. Mm-hmm. And um, if it's these are these are things that I've found and and can work for you too. Because when you're when you're committed, and you ha- in medicine you have to be committed. You, mm-hmm. you you're trainable. You have to be committed. You're going to work hard and long. And we we've been we've been trained to be stretched to our limits, and that's what we do. Uh, and and that's probably not appreciated by the outside world and administrators. You know, there's like, okay, there's a point where you stop. No, we just keep going. Yeah. And and that personality, that that those characteristics are often abused, and that's why they're so high burnout in physicians. Mm. And it's uh, and so we we have to pull back and say, oh yeah, you have to got to relax. And I go, well, yeah. Well, how do you do that? Mm. How do you do that when you have all these responsibilities? So it's it, it is challenging. I, I I'll be honest. You know, it's it's um, a lot of physicians that I know don't do that well. Yeah. They, they they don't do that well. They haven't learned those, and and there is burnout. This pandemic has probably taught a lot of people how to do it better, though, because mm. they've had more time mm-hmm. to do th- things differently and appreciate. So that's that's a uh, a lot of people have done that. Mm. Um, I actually changed my exercise program a little bit during COVID because of you know and learned to do things differently. So I think if we can keep learning. Learning from every, because like I said, there are going to be new challenges. Yeah. Every new challenge, we're going to find, we're going to see what it is, what are our options, what are the ways to deal with it, and how are we going to get it done? Uh, and keep learning, and keep in whatever experience we have, we're going to we're going to build on that the next time, yeah. because there are going to be bigger ones that are coming than this. Yeah. Who helps you, or what helps you? Like, what is the, what's the heart of everything that you do? The heart. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just part of your your person. Um, but I think it's it's just kind of a constant positive reinforcement. You know, I get up. You know, I'm I, I'm tired in the morning or whatever. But I'm I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing my patients that day because every time I walk in the whatever door, whatever mm-hmm. time going, it's 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 going to be a new experience. You know, sometimes it's one I'm not going to like. You know, <laughs> but no, but but mainly it's it's always it's always new. It's always a new. You know, it's even a. Uh, I never think. Of, oh, here's a diabetic. No, you know, no. This is a a person with diabetes who. Okay, how are we going to build on from the last time? Or if we didn't, mm-hmm. you know, what what's the challenge? So I think of it as a positive thing, yeah. and, see- and that gets me going. That's what I mean, because that's challenging to teach to someone, especially if someone, a healthcare professional, right? Either some people have it innate in them, that's like, it comes naturally to them. Some people have to work towards having that type of approach with people. But if you were to peel that layer of like, I just want to help someone, what does that mean exactly in your immediate world? when you wake up in the morning because every 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 profession helps someone in some way yeah. right but what is your definition of that help was there ever a case or moment that was defining in your career this is going a little bit off track uh, actually, uh, going in, going into as you go through your medical training, medical school, residency, or you know through medical school, you know I was trying. You're trying to figure out what kind of a doctor you're going to want to be a doctor. What kind of doctor you're going to be? Mm. I thought I wanted to go into endocrinology, mm. you know, or, or, or no, that's what wasn't true. It was in residency. I knew I didn't want to go into OBGYN anymore. As a medical student, I went to medical school thinking I'd go into OBGYN delivering during babies, um, and that changed when I did my OBGYN rotation. <laughs> well, why? I, 
see, it has to go back to positive, positive, positive. My rotation, the people I was with, they were so miserable. The residents, the OBGYN residents, and the physicians, they were so miserable. I couldn't, these particular people were so miserable, I couldn't identify with them. Mm. And I, I can't do this, you know, I'm gonna be miserable my whole life. And so I said, no, that's it. And I, and I, and I changed. And I, then I decided I'd go into medicine. Didn't know exactly what kind of medicine I'd do, but I knew I wanted to go into medicine as opposed to surgery. Mm. And, and in residency, I, I initially, I thought I was gonna, I wanted to do endocrinology. And then I had a bad experience with an endocrinologist in one of mm. my rotations and uh, just turned me off. Uh, Who was it? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't really abuse. Mm. It wasn't abuse. It wasn't any kind of physical abuse. It was kind of a bit of a mental abuse. Mm. Uh, uh, I was, uh, he kind of took interest in me because he knew I was interested. He was an endocrinologist and he took interest in uh, showing me things and because uh, I was doing a rotation with him and and or not, not a rotation with him, but anyway, went to his office, saw endocrine patients, um, and then I found out some of the other the upper residents. They said, "Well, the only reason he did that was because he liked looking at you, mm. like having you around." I'm like, "What? You know, he didn't. You know, he wasn't yeah. interested in me." Mm -hmm. the, the, well, might have been this this the resident was saying that mm. I don't know, but that was so. Then I didn't want to do endocrinology for a while. Wow. Um, and so, but it was actually about a year later when I got a renewed interest in again, yeah. and then I said, "This is what I want to do." And so, what was the renewed interest that got you there? Different endocrinologists that had their Experience. head on straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I would imagine if you had like a bad one with the endocrinologist, then you probably wouldn't want to circle back around to that again. Yeah. But you ended up yeah choosing yeah. that. So again. you know, well, you got to keep an open mind. You know, yeah. you, you, you know, every experience, you know, open your eyes to every experience, you know, and try to identify. And this is something that you do as a physician. Mm. You size things up. Mm. You size people up. Yeah. You know, are they telling the truth? Are they not telling the truth? You know, what are you, where are you going with this? You got <laughs> yeah. you got to size them up pretty quickly. Where, where's this going? Yeah. Uh, and you do that with people in real life, too. So that was a big one. Yeah. That was a big one. Mm. Oh, mm. okay. <laughs> there you go. I could probably tell you other things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that. I, I think those type of stories are important because you're able to. It contributes to who you are as a person, and and it it defines people yeah. into either the person they want to become or the person they think they are, yeah. and it can it can inhibit some people or it can help facilitate changes in people. And it's just, I think those stories help you understand, you know, people have a lot more behind what they do that makes them who they are. And and they bring their experiences with that. And that's how we every can... Every person. Yeah. Every person. And then finding that connection. Yeah. Finding that connection each time. If it's a, a little connection or if it's a big connection. Yeah. And that's uh, that's hard work. <laughs> that's hard work. And and I think that the other thing too in medicine too, thinking about connections, you know what I do. I, I have I have uh, long relationships with my patients. I have I've seen I've had some patients who I've seen for twenty years more. Wow. Uh, you know since before Alexandra was born. So, so and and other physicians don't. They're very short. You know, one and done. It's a surgical procedure. This or that. And then you never see that doctor again. Mm -hmm. And so those those. They did. They develop different skills. So, so, so. I guess it, it kind of depends on the individual and their skill sets and so, and and such. But um, the personal connection is always there, uh, or, or should always be there. Mm -hmm. What is something you would leave the listener with? You know, it's that's funny that you ask that. You know, people will say, "Well, I, would I, would I, all the challenges that we see in healthcare now." You know, would I do it again? Because there's so many challenges. It costs so much. You know, it's so difficult to get by. You have so many stresses. Um, and I would say, yeah, I would, I, would, I would definitely do it again. In medicine, I think that I am hoping to see continued bridge building and, and understanding how we can work together to bring about better change. I think the same is true of, of society. Being open-minded and understanding where that other person is coming from.
Mm-hmm. Uh, what their experience is, what, what their problem is. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that you have to solve their problem, but understanding they, they have other problems and issues and will, will, will impact on what they do and say to you and react. And we can appreciate and respect and they can be different and they should be different. And when we, and when we bring those experiences together, we're, we're stronger for it. I, I get stronger and better every day that I have an experience with another person, another patient, even if somebody I've known for 20, over 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, I learn something new from them or reinforce something that I that we already knew. Uh, but as far as medical profession, I, I, I tell people, the ones who get down, I say, look, there's always going to be physicians who want to take good care of patients, and there are always patients who are going to want good physicians. So no matter how difficult it is now... And hopefully we find solutions that make it easier for us to take good care of patients and have these positive experiences that they can positively act on people around them, that we're all better for it. Hmm. We're human. All right. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed it. You're welcome. I you enjoyed it have, too. Yeah. You always have so many interesting things to say and that's why I wanted to have this with you. We always have interesting questions <laughs> <do>. to ask. <laughs> I know. Sometimes my questions, I don't know. I feel like they, uh, I get too deep. Yeah, you are. Because you want to, because the other thing is you're always asking. You're always wondering. You're yeah. asking, yeah. why is this? Yeah. And you're asking the same question. How do we make it better? Yeah. Especially within the last year, everyone's definition of health just sounds different. And mm-hmm. I think there's, there's a way to sort of, create a common thread between all of those differences uh, and start from there rather than starting from only one perspective mm-hmm. yeah. and having conversations like this was it helps. useful was yeah, this useful it was useful mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah thank you for having the time mm-hmm. of course <laughs>